You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. Technology and Society with Aki Anastasio. This feature is brought to you by Altron, technology partners in your digital transformation journey. For more, visit altron.com. Altron, there when it matters. How's it, Aki? Hello, UCBS. How are you doing? I'm good. Did you have lamb chops over the weekend? No, I didn't. I didn't. But they do look good. We <laughs> were, I was just questioning why UCBS is watching the food journalist. A hardened political commentator watching the food channel. I'm multitasking. <laughs> Politics is after, in a politics, Mind you, that could be like carving stomachs, a politician you know? there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that certainly would explain why that meat is so fatty. Oh, la, la. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. So I don't know what your take is on, on Facebook. You know, I'm, I'm actually a little bit angry with Facebook about this, you know, and, and it sets all sorts of um, precedents. Uh, you know, it, it's, it stimulates so many, many debates. So what's happened is this. In, in the USA, you heard of Nancy Pelosi, who is the Speaker of the House of Representatives. Um, and, you know, Facebook have gone on this massive thing, uh, you know, in the last few months about, you know, fake news and we want to do what's right and we don't want to try and steer people from believing other things and, you know, we want to clean up the channel and they've removed a lot of fake accounts. Mm. And they've gone on this whole, um, you know, this whole thing Clean about up. cleaning mm. up Facebook. So there's a video that somebody doctored of the Speaker of the House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi, where they've doctored this video to make her sound drunk and drowsy and, and that sort of thing. And it's been, you know, shared millions and millions of times. And here's what it sounds like. So it's really sad. And here's the thing. And I told this to the room. So there's a video that goes She's on. She's like, so, like so, so they've doctored it to make her look like she was drunk and, and, and sounding like it. Now, the point is that Facebook refused to take that video down, oh, wow. saying that it didn't violate uh, their community standards and they don't have a policy, they say, that stipulates that the information you post on Facebook must be true. So it goes against a whole lot of other things that, that they were saying. And, and there was an interview with CNN's Zanderson Cooper just the <laughs> other day um, and politics watchdog and a whole lot of people have gotten involved in this and saying that, you know, actually, Facebook, you're wrong over here. And, they, they, you know, Facebook claims that in this interview with Anderson Cooper, she, you know, the lady who was representing Facebook said that, you know, they're not a news channel, so they're not obliged to check, fact check the news all the time. And, if, and he said, but hang on, most people are, are, are reading the news, watching the news on Facebook. How can you say you're not a news channel? Of course you're a news channel. Um, and they're under a tremendous amount of pressure. I don't know what your take on this, because one of the questions was asked is, what happens if a politician, let's say Donald Trump, is depicted in the wrong way as drunk or incoherent or whatever the case may be? Uh, are you going to take that video down? They couldn't answer it. So I think the principled issue is easier than the technological issues. I've got a question back for you. I mean, as... An analyst as someone into communication, for me at the principal level, truth matters. Yeah. And you gotta have regard for what does my platform do to distort the polity? Yes. And if I am contributing towards an impoverished public sphere, then I need to take responsibility for it. But here's my question back at you. Given the amount of data flow, video clips, etc., on a daily basis all over Facebook, 
from a technological point of view, how easy it for, is it for them to do better? Because I think they should, as a yeah, matter of principle. Yeah, 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 yeah. But is it is it is it impossible to monitor this kind of thing until it's too late? Well, you know, it it it, it, it Facebook has become too big to monitor itself. That's the challenge that they have. Um, but you know, they they should have a policy of taking stuff like this down immediately when it starts ruining its head. Especially when we get into society, like last week, we discussed where you can start changing people's voices, yeah. and you can do this on video. We even played a. a uh, you know, Barack Obama one not so long ago of of somebody that was um, you know changed what he was saying, yes. and it's it's a very dangerous space, especially with technologies today where we can do so much and change things, and people believe these things. Unfortunately, there were people that believed that she was in a drunk state when she was making that comment. Uh, so let's uh, throw it out to listeners. What do you guys think? Should should it be taken off or not? Quick ones: oh double one double eight three zero seven zero two, or you can tag uh, Aki or me on Twitter. I would love to hear your opinion on this one. The people who are particularly peddlers of a sort of libertarian idea of free speech would say, put it out there. Eventually, the free market will sort of flush it out. But then, you know, as with the jury system in America, even once you actually say to the jury, disregard that, it's very difficult to unhear what you've already heard. Yeah, take a listen again. So it's really sad. And here's the thing. And I told this to the room. So imagine if they did like if they did that with with President Ramaphosa or any other politician in the cabinet and made them sound drunk. Yeah, you know how would we? And imagine react? you have a close contest and you hear that on the morning of Nasrek. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it can influence all sorts of things. So I'd be interested to know. I think Facebook's under a tremendous amount of pressure and they, apparently they have, um, stopped the video from being shared and they're trying to take it off now. Yeah, but I then think it the was already been done already. That's you know? the thing. You know, at that point, many people have formed an impression that is very hard to undo. Mm. Anyway, I'd love to hear what the public thinks of that one. Yeah. Then there are what? More wearable devices. Well, this is, this is pretty cool. So Amazon say, well, they've been developing this voice activated wearable device. That is able to recognize human emotions. Now, they're developing this in one of the laboratories, but it's, uh, it's, you know, the hardware is, is behind it is being used in Amazon's Fire Phone and the Echo speakers and using the Alexa software. But uh, what this does, this device has got microphones. It's paired with software that can discern the wearer's emotional state from the sound of his or her voice. Okay. And what they want to do is they want to be able to, to work out just from your voice and how they can you know, sell advertising to you, for example. Um, they haven't really said if they're going to make this a commercial device or not, but it's basically understanding human emotions and how they can, you know, fit that into their sales strategy. Now, you may remember a guy like Isaac Asimov who had a similar device. They used a similar uh. device in Star Trek. But basically what they're saying is that this technology could help the company gain better insights into, into potential health products, be used to target advertising or product recommendations, just by listening to you and, you know, seeing how re you react emotionally to something that you perhaps reading or you see something, um, and then they can say, well, we can try and do this. And there's a few companies that have put up some patents that are able to recognize your emotions just to advertise on you. So they just want to know everything that we're doing and how we feel about everything and how we react to everything. It's, I don't know. I think this is just getting a bit out of hand personally. I know. How are you feeling about it? Uh, can you hear my heart rate? My heart rate always goes up when I'm near you, you see. This. You're only Greek. <laughs> and then last but not least, something close to your heart is traffic. 
Yeah, so this is pretty cool. I mean, a lot of you are using Waze and you're using some kind of um, uh, app to pick up where the traffic is. But, you know, Waze is a company that's owned by Google. And I don't know if you've ever used Waze. No, you don't because you're in a, you, you know, you Uber all over the place. I've been instructed to use it in the passenger seat. Yes. Your Uber Chronicles, yes. <laughs> I love the Uber Chronicles. I hope you're going to write a book about your At Uber least one Chronicles. publisher wants me to publish them. I just love them. I think they're too frivolous, but I might. <laughs> no, they are my highlights. You can gain so many interesting insights from it. But anyway, I digress because what, what Waze does is if you have this map on your dashboard and I've got it on my Apple um, car radio, um, as soon as you pick up something or users are able to crowdsource the information. So if you're driving on the highway and there's a vehicle or there's an accident, you press a button and there's an accident and it goes live on the site and other people are alerted and they start creating that data. Mm. Now what they're saying, the University of California have done this, this study and they're saying that these crash alerts from, from crowdsourcing, from you and I, um, occur two minutes, 41 seconds before the emergency services hear about them. And what they're saying is that just that two minutes, 41 seconds, if these emergency services can, you know, gather, gather that data and use that data effectively, we can save a lot of time because a lot of lives because that that time of that accident of the delay of life the, and death. Uh, of the yeah. you know emergency yeah. responders getting to there it's a it's it's a matter of life and death and if they can know this earlier and what they're saying they're taking it even further they're saying that the local hospitals could be alerted mm. uh, so you've got some time by the time the trauma responders surgeons, get to there get trauma surgeons blood etc and all that sort of thing so they're using this data to really make Conditions better and, and, you know, keep the emergency services, um, more alert. That's so it's amazing. interesting. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Thank you, Aki. Okay, we'll do this again next week. Have a lovely day. You too.